Hello and welcome back to episode two of Say the Magic Word, a Captain Marvel Shazam podcast. My name is John Wilson. This podcast is a journey through all of the early adventures of Captain Marvel in his 1940s incarnation. It's been a little while since the first episode. Uh, I can't guarantee that these are going to come out regularly. I would like for them to, but I have lots of different things going on, and this is one of my side pet projects. However, I've already gotten a little bit of feedback for the show due to the brief format I'm trying to stick to here. I'm not going to read all of the feedback verbatim. However, I would like to say thank you to Dave McElvaney, a faithful follower of lots of my shows. He uh, mentions that he thinks that Captain Marvel is his preferred name. He doesn't think the character could be called Shazam because he wouldn't be able to say his name without changing it to his other form. I have heard that argument a few times. I'm not going to say that you are wrong. I do have a different perspective on it, though. I think that with magic, there should be intent and conscious uh, will behind the speaking of whatever magic spell you're saying. And so I find it uh, uh, acceptable that he should be able to say Shazam as a word without necessarily uh, intending to shift. I'm not entirely sure how this would jive with him accidentally saying it the very first time in order to become Captain Marvel because he doesn't know what's going to happen, but it's my story and I'm going to stick to it. Also, David Spofforth writes in. Thank you very much, David. He finished listening to Superman in Crisis, which I really appreciate. And he's going to be listening to my Supergirl episode soon uh, because his own Superman read-through is still two issues away from her debut. I'm curious, David, is that a Superman read-through of everything from the beginning? Or are you picking on a particular era or what? No uh, judgment if it's less than an everything. I'm just curious what your particular brain is intrigued by. He also wanted to point out an error that I made in my last episode. Whenever I listed out the other features that are in every issue of Whiz Comics, I mentioned Dan Dare being that they were not future sci-fi, but World War II stories. And he says, no, no, they were always futuristic sci-fi. When they started in Eagle Comics in 1950, they took place uh, in the futuristic world of the 1990s. And Dan, uh, sorry, Dan, David is very much correct. I did some research. I was speaking off of memory because I had read read that first Eagle comic story, or at least I pr was pretty sure I had done, and the visual of him in a sort of standard military uniform, I guess, stuck in my mind a lot more than the contents of the story itself, where they do in fact go off to space in that very first episode. So thank you very much for the correction there. One more tidbit I want to bring in before we get into our issue for the day is that the Ashcan edition that was released, I have gotten some more information about. Um, it is actually available in the Shazam Archives Volume 1, and it was printed uh, in black and white. There were two different editions. One on the cover said Flash Comics and one on the cover said Thrill Comics. Now, All-American Comics started their publication of a series called Flash Comics, of course, featuring the Golden Age Flash and Hawkman and other characters, right almost exactly the same time as Whiz Comics started. So it's unlikely that Fawcett intended any uh, title duplication when they put Flash Comics on the cover of their Ashcan. I'm not certain about all the contents of the comic and how identical it was to the actual Wiz Comics first issue that was published. However, the Captain Marvel story is almost identical in every detail, except for two major differences. Uh, every time it says Captain Marvel in the published version, it says Captain Thunder in the original edition. And also there is a, um, the, the published version added in several pages. 
in the Ashcan edition, he uh, has his origin story. He goes out selling papers the next night. He overhears a couple of thugs mention the mad scientists and he sees them go into the Sky Tower apartments. So he goes to the radio offices to talk to Mr. Morris. And at that point, all of the subsequent pages where he talks to Morris and uh, finagles a deal about getting a job if he can bring in uh, the scientists and then going after Savannah, all of that was not in the original edition. Instead, we skip to the artwork of what became the final page, but all the dialogue is different. He tells uh, Mr. Morris, give me a free hand and we'll bring in the scientist. And Mr. Morris is like, you and who else, son? And Billy says, uh, nobody, sir, just me. That's all. So it's similar to the last page where he uh, starts to say we and corrects it with me and Mike as in the microphone. But uh, they had not yet introduced the whole um, radio newsboy uh, concept yet. So that's where the story ends as a bit of a um, cliffhanger. Billy almost let the cat out of the bag that time. Don't fail to be on hand next month we, when he and Captain Thunder go to town. And that's the end of the original Captain Thunder story that would, of course, be expanded in the published version in Wiz Comics. But that brings us to our issue for today, which is the Wiz Comics issue uh, cover dated March of 1940. It was on sale January 12th of 1940, so it's our first issue of the new year and the new decade. The cover has Captain Marvel tossing soldiers around uh, next to a tank, or not tank, but some sort of gun cannon, and the extended uh, barrel of the cannon is tied up in a knot. Uh, very cute as he's tossing people around and uh, there are other soldiers who are aghast at him and running away and there are planes flying in the background as a pre-war era. This is a pretty exciting cover. And also relevant to the story inside. We open up being completely bamboozled by all of the great things Billy Batson is covering on his uh, traveling news microphone broadcasting. There are fires, there are prison breaks and hurricanes, and not one of his millions of listeners knows that by speaking the magic word Shazam, Billy can become Captain Marvel, the world's mightiest man. And so somehow he's traveling from place to place as Captain Marvel with the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury and they're turning back into Billy Batson to do the transmissions. However, one day the President of the United States receives a threatening note. It's written in cursive, which I don't know if kids today can even read cursive. If I handed this comic to a 10-year-old in the year 2024, could he even read this panel? Resign at once and declare me Emperor of the United States. If you do not do this, my army will destroy the country. Savannah. And of course, Savannah must be captured, so the president orders G-Men to go find him. And then we go to a lonely mountain fortress many miles away. Now, y'all, Savannah has this, like, color scheme he loves. He loves primary colors. His fortress is garishly painted on the outside in red, blue, and yellow, with no seeming pattern to it all. And throughout the story, whenever he sends tanks in later, they're also going to be in reds and blues and yellows, because that is just, he likes to be noticed from a far distance. He is the one. Maybe since primary colors are associated with superheroes, maybe Savannah sees himself as a superhero? I don't know. Guy seems pretty messed up in the head. I mean, after all, he is determined to be emperor of the United States, and we all know there's only ever been one emperor of the United States, and that is, of course, Joshua Horton. If you don't know who I'm talking about, he's worth a read uh, in Wikipedia, and there's also an issue of the Sandman that deals with him. So to become emperor, he sends out super soldiers, he sends out tanks, he sends out guns that can fire 75 miles. That's a really far gun uh, 
projection, 120 mile an hour combat cars, and the uh, mightiest air fleet in history. So he is going to, you know, declare war on the United States a week later. He is ready to go. And his bombers drop soldiers and tanks just a few miles from the capital. And we don't even see what the United States does to, like, you know, amass a, 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 a counterfront to this. We just know that there's a huge battle. And Billy Batson is flying in in an airplane to broadcast the news. And he lands, like, in the smack of all the explosions. He is just a child in a red shirt and blue pants with a broadcast uh, antenna on his back sending out the news. He figures if the tanks break through, the city is sunk. So he's got to turn into Captain Marvel. So he says, Shazam! And now he's in his red jumpsuit with the yellow lightning bolt on his chest, white and yellow cape billowing in the breeze as he runs through, and he starts picking up Savannah's tanks and just throwing them across the field into each other, knocking them out of commission. One of Savannah's soldiers opens fire on him with a machine gun, so he picks up the soldiers and just tosses them around, and all of the soldiers start retreating. Captain Marvel has had enough damage that Savannah's forces are scared and on the run. So Shazam, he becomes Billy Batson again to find Savannah. He sneaks into the enemy general's tent and sees the general on a Skype television screen talking to Savannah. Report to me at once. So he figures the general is going to go have a face-to-face report to Savannah, and he decides to follow him, but a soldier stops Billy. Who are you, brat? You're not going to stop Billy, though, because he says Shazam and becomes Captain Marvel again. Now, uh, there's nothing mentioned here. There's no hint in the story yet of any danger of the lightning bolt hitting somebody else in proximity to Billy. That is a much later development. Billy's being held by a guy. He says Shazam. He's Captain Marvel. And guess what? He's no longer being held by the guy because he punches the guy in the face. As the general flies off in a plane to report to Savannah, Captain Marvel runs after, leaps into the air, catches the plane, and clambers atop the fuselage. It's probably worth noting that just like Superman, the early issues of Captain Marvel did not see him flying at all. But Savannah has those magic cameras that can see anything anywhere, and so he sees his friend Captain Marvel is coming to see me, eh? Good! On his uh, television screen. The plane lands outside the fortress and a giant elevator whisks it underground. This must be a huge elevator because the entire plane, a platform under the entire plane lowers and with its wingspan and everything goes far beneath the Earth's surface. Savannah's bodyguards see Captain Marvel. They charge him, but he uh, leaps and grabs an overhanging beam and swings and kicks them all in the face, leaping over them and racing toward a stairway. However, Savannah is not to be caught off guard. His uh, deadly gas jets spray the staircase and overpower Captain Marvel. There's also this bat flying through the staircase. It's very cool and very, uh, you know, gothic. I don't know if the bat got caught in the gas. We are not given that piece of information. I would have to hope, though, that the bat did fly away to live his batty life and maybe fly into Bruce Wayne's, you know, house later. So the bodyguards tie up Captain Marvel with really powerful chains because, of course, he's unconscious. So he stands up. Captain Marvel has his very first confrontation with Savannah. Welcome, Captain Marvel. <laughs> there are all these little H-I-H laugh sounds around Savannah's uh, face. He's just he's very tickled at having captured Captain Marvel. Defeated my army, did you? So he wants to be emperor of the United States, right? So he had this whole army invading the capital. Captain Marvel's defeated it. But guess what? That doesn't even matter because look he shows marvel his newest machine of destruction the atom smasher this is of course a precursor to the concept of an atomic bomb which did not yet exist in 1940 
He intends to blast Captain Marvel to bits and be completely gone in five minutes. However, he happens to notice out the window that his army is returning from the front lines. They have been defeated, and his soldiers storm into the fortress. You said we couldn't lose, Master Savannah. And they are large, burly men with guns, and Savannah is this little bitty shriveled dude with glasses and a bald head, and uh, he actually looks scared in the face of these soldiers. But at that moment, Captain Marvel bursts his chains, and the panel that is shown here with him bursting the chains off of the wall is the art from the covers of Flash Comics and Thrill Comics. Those two Ashcan editions, uh, they had the same cover art. The only thing different on the covers was the title logo. And it is this image right here of Captain Marvel bursting through the chains on the wall that was used for that cover. So I guess the five minutes are passing and Savannah's being terrorized by his soldiers because just as the infernal machine is about to blow up, Captain Marvel leaps out the window and seconds later, a terrific explosion destroys the fortress. Captain Marvel just stands back and waves. Farewell, Savannah. And my work is done. So now, Shazam! Ladies and gentlemen, Savannah is dead by his own hand. Billy Batson broadcasts the news once again, a sensational scoop. But is Savannah really dead? The comic asks us. Look for the answer in next month's exciting adventure of Captain Marvel, exclusive in Whiz Comics. Of course, the book had other uh, uh, features, and on the Inside front cover, we are listed featuring Captain Marvel, Ibis the Invincible, Golden Arrow, Spy Smasher, Scoop Smith, Lance O'Casey, Dan Dare. All new, already the best. And I want to say just a little bit about each of these in the coming episodes. We've already talked about Dan Dare today, so I'm going to leave that for now. We'll talk a little bit about what each of these features is as we go forward. But that's the end of our story. Captain Marvel has saved the day from Sh Savannah taking over the United States and becoming emperor. Uh, what would we have done had Savannah had become emperor? I mean, whenever Hitler uh, was was marching across Europe and Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, what would Savannah have done? Would he have uh, attacked Japan uh, back? Would he have declared war? Or would he have actually taken us onto the side of the uh, Axis powers? We have no idea what future fate and history Captain Marvel has saved us from. Next time, we'll be back for issue three, or rather the third issue. I guess it is the pro the first properly numbered issue three of Whiz Comics. And so uh, you can always find this show on John Reed's Comics. And I have not yet made a separate feed for it. I don't know if I'm going to, but um, you can send an email to johnreadscomics at gmail.com or leave a comment on the website. And in next time, I will be back for more of Captain Marvel's adventures. So until then, thank you very much for listening to podcasts from johnreadscomics.com, and I'll see you next time. Yeah.